All right, and it looks like we're live and ready to get things started here. The stream looks pretty healthy from what I can see. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to yet another episode of the TXR Podcast. This is show number 214, your place on Sunday nights to just kick back and close off the week with Xbox talk and more from around the game industry. Naturally, this is your host, Invader. And you know what? We've got a few things to cover here. Obviously, Sony came out of nowhere and turned heads by purchasing Bungie. We will go into depth on that one. As well, the FTC kind of chimed in and wants to review the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Will they play nice? Well, we will get into all this and a bit more from some other topics. But of course, let me introduce everybody on tonight's panel. And joining us tonight is our friend Crusader. Pal, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Pretty good. All right, sure and sweet. Oh, yeah. Okay. We can hear you, pal. (laughs) Uh, No, that's good. Glad to hear it, man. And I cannot wait to uh, get your thoughts and opinions on, uh, well, especially the Bungie stuff, because I know how big of a Bungie, uh, well, a Destiny fan you are, right? So Yes, absolutely. But we will uh, certainly get into that in a very quick minute. Uh, Heading over to the TXR regulars. Tim Dog, buddy, great to see you again. How you been? Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, big start of the year. Um, just been busy around, you know, crazy news. Uh, I haven't been on here for a while, so got a little catching up to do. Uh, you know, we'll go over everything tonight. Um, a lot of it's, uh, you know, continuous stuff. So um, we're happy to be here. Great panel, and uh, let's go. Agreed, buddy. Agreed. Uh, moving on over to General MLD. Hey, buddy. Good stuff the other night on uh, Colt Eastwood's show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, otherwise, how you been? Hey, yeah, uh, good to be here. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks. I, I saw your comment in the in the chat there. Oh yeah, that, that was a good show. Like, cause yeah, <laughs> that Bungie news was was very very fresh. Happy to be on there to talk about it from uh, the Xbox perspective. Otherwise, yeah, just hacking away at the old backlog, waiting for uh, Crossfire X to come out. Just to play a couple of games. My favorite recently being Max Payne 3. Mm. That game has aged amazing. If anyone listening has not played that, please do. It's recently been available on the BC program, so I recommend it. Hmm. Coincidentally, I just picked up a physical copy of the first Max Payne, so uh, looking forward to trying that out. Uh, let's see here. It's still funny that that's Sam Lake's face wrapped around. <laughs> Right, yeah, I know. I just love the memes that have uh, always been generated from it. It's, uh, I don't, it's just something that'll never leave him. But you know, Max Payne is a pretty iconic character for obvious reasons. Uh, speaking of which, Shockley, buddy, how you been the past week? Pretty good. Just been uh, maxing out the rest of that uh, Halo Samurai armor. So looks pretty cool. I've been trying to link my Rocket League account. That thing is a freaking nightmare to get working. <laughs> but uh, other than that, <laughs> I was just trying to link my all my Switch and Xbox with Rocket League. But um, but yeah, this week was uh, some big news. Hopefully, uh, even I know a lot of people don't like the acquisition seasons, but uh, it is entertaining. So nonetheless, but we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, it's, it's interesting, the different reactions, you know, uh, with the different 
well, console fan bases, I guess we'll say. But, I mean, there's been a variety of different big acquisitions. We'll get into that very, very shortly, though. Uh, Centurion Pal, to round out the panel, uh, how, <clears throat> how's things at your end? Been playing very much this past week? Uh, I've been trying to get gaming in when I get time. Um, I keep going back to Elder Scrolls Online, just kind of repetitively playing what I already know of the game that never ends. Uh, but I might be taking a break from that. My friend just picked me up a copy of Dying Light 2, and I just started playing that. So um, I might be uh, putting down ESO for a little while just to play Dying Light 2. I don't believe that. You're obsessed with that the game. That's a game you just really come and go from, honestly. But now they're yet again getting ready to drop another um, expansion here in June. So it's like every single year they expand the game and they give you a reason to just keep coming back. Yeah, well, no doubt. And uh, yeah, there is a new expansion coming out soon, right? I, I remember something being advertised. Yeah, no, there's a new expansion coming out. Um I'm not too sure exactly how it expands the map. I know this is taking place on a different continent, but um, I'm excited every time they expand the game. Every time the game expands, there's a, a an influx of players and uh, activity. So it's always good to see when your game gets, like, I guess, best way to describe it is a breath of fresh air, something new. Uh, you keep coming back, and uh, no offense, that I it's one of the reasons why I gave up on destiny. You could still go back and play every expansion they've ever put out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fair. Whatever. I mean, we all have reasons to go back to different games. I mean, I still go back to the classic halos and I try and play them at least one, you know, once a year or at least one game. So like halo two, for example. So yeah, we all have reasons for playing certain games, obviously. Um, Hey guys, again, everybody in the chat, thank you for uh, popping in here. Always appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, share this out on social media. Get the word out that we are live and sub to the channel if you haven't already and drop a like. Again, it ha it really helps out the uh, the channel and the videos. Okay, well, uh, let's see. Let's get into the first topic of the night. And to nobody's surprise, we're going to start off by talking about Sony making a splash and buying Bungie, the creators of the iconic franchises of Halo and the more recent Destiny. I know that everybody on the panel wants to chime in on this one, but I'll start off with our buddy Crusader. Uh, pal, what are your thoughts on this? Because Bungie, of course, are a very well-known, significant studio. Um, you know, how do you, how do you, what's your take on all this? So, at first, it was confusion because over the past couple years, Bungie has stated that they want to be this independent multimedia force but when the when the blog posts came out and the interviews specifically the interviews with uh gamingindustry.biz uh when they came out it, it painted a picture that kind of this acquisition fits in exactly with what bungie has said they're trying to do because they are going to get the full force of Sony Pictures behind them, which is huge. It's it's huge for what they want to do. Last year, they uh, expanded their global publishing operations and added new members to their board, specifically members of their board to do um, uh, who were experienced in uh, f like film and uh, TV show creation. 
Uh, I believe the one person was a former Viacom executive. Uh, right. If you don't know what Viacom is, massive multimedia company in the uh, 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 North American region. Mm-hmm. Um, so I-, I would certainly expect that one of the big things that's going to come out of this is going to be a Destiny TV show of some kind, probably an animated one. Um, and uh, I could not believe that Sony agreed to terms where Bungie is going to be basically a fully independent subsidiary on, like within mm-hmm. it it's it's crazy um if you guys have uh ever seen uh virtual legality with richard hogue e- even he was just kind of blown away with the wording of what they've said that essentially bungie gets the executive last say all the time and that that's nuts um they've already committed that Destiny is going to be the same across all platforms, so we don't have to worry about like timed content like we used to have. Um, and they've practically committed that every game is going to be a uh, multi-platform that's in development, which is one, maybe two games. We know they have the Project Matter, which seems to be a competitive FPS, uh, as opposed to the more casual Destiny. And there was also hiring for a Diablo-like over-the-top game, at least a while back, there there seemed to be. So they might have a smaller game like that. That might be the project that they had going with NetEase. NetEase had invested a bunch of money uh, right. a few years back. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, I'm actually quite happy with this, as, as weird as it seems. Um, because it, it, it seems like everyone is getting a little bit more of what they need. Sony's getting uh, live service support. They, they definitely need that. They... Uh, their single-player games are great, but they are lacking in multiplayer, whether it be uh, like competitive online or just even co-op. They are lacking it. Um, and so having a studio that excels in multiplayer, even if they're not going to be leveraged for their first party, they can leverage them behind the scenes to kind of bring other teams up to speed. Uh, and mm-hmm. then on Sony's part, funding... or I mean, on Bungie's part, you, you got all the funding... You get all of the the resources from the film studios and the animation studios, um, and at least uh, for the next couple of years, the employees are going to have pretty good bonuses. Mm-hmm. So, I maybe I should have been surprised, or maybe not. Like I'm kind of I've been going back and forth with this all week because. Sony is a studio that has, I mean, it's not Sony, uh, Bungie is a studio that has always cherished their, like, freedom and independence. I remember uh, the reason why they broke off from Xbox, from Microsoft, was because they, you know, they didn't want constraints. They, They wanted to be able just to do things on their own terms. Then they went to Activision, brokering a deal with them for Destiny to publish, and you know, they, they kind of felt strangulated. Obviously, they, there was a lot of, uh, well, there were a lot of things going on there, right? And then they broke off their deal eventually. So, I mean, in some ways, I am surprised uh, about this, that they would go with Sony. But at the same time, for Sony, I mean, a developer like this does address a lot of things, a lot of wants for them going forward. So I do understand the attractiveness of Bungie. You got Destiny, which is, well, one of the largest shooters on the planet. It is 
again, it's uh, got a huge player base. It is wildly popular, no doubt. And as some people have said in the chat, I mean, games as a service, they have a lot of uh, talent. There are a lot of expertise. So it makes a lot of sense that they uh, would be acquired. Now, according to reports, the deal was for $3.6 billion, if I'm not mistaken. And again, no, yes. more, yeah, it's more large numbers six. there. More large numbers there. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of billion dollars being thrown around here. Uh, I mean, do you think that they're worth $3.6 billion? It is really hard to say. So when you're looking at an acquisition, you're looking at not just what they're worth now, but what they will be worth in two to three years as well. You, you have to look at what's in their pipeline as well, because you can't just focus on the franchise they have released. That's the most important, but it is not uh, like the end of the story. Um, and... I think they may have slightly overpaid. I do think that the um, uh, there was that video that went around. I think it was on Yahoo Business of the um, the one uh, market analyst. I'm not sure where he got the Bungie brings in 200 million in revenue every year. I I cannot find any. They've never reported it. Bungie was a private company, uh, so we we don't get reports as to how much they bring in. So. I think he was undershooting as to how much revenue they bring in a uh, a year, to be honest with you. Um, and he he also had made a comment on uh, value per um, per employee per developer, and that per developer, it seems like they have massively overpaid. But one thing that's very different between Bungie as a developer and a lot of other developers is they have this massive network of players. You don't see that exceptionally often in a lot of these acquisitions we have seen since 20, what, when did what, Microsoft started in what, 2017 with the, the massive scale acquisitions? Yeah, they bought the, the like only one. Six, yeah. Yeah, the only one that we've seen on this kind of scale is either Activision Blizzard. That's really hard to quantify because there's a billion and a half things under that umbrella. And probably Mojang back in 2014. Um, and Mojang went for $2 billion back in the day, but they also don't have the same kind of live service in Minecraft as you see with uh, Destiny, and you will most likely see with whatever Project Matter is. Um, they, I mean, Minecraft does have the, the like the Realms service, and they do have some skin sales, but it, it's not the same kind of spend as you see with Destiny, which has its expansions, it has its season passes, and it has its uh, Eververse uh, store where you buy this, uh, the silver, the in-game currency. Um, so... It's hard to say that they definitively overpaid for them, um, especially when $1.2 billion is going to employee retention. Um, and that seems critical in that they really, really, really want the talent over anything else. They really want that talent to stay and help them grow their other services, which makes sense. So long-term as an investment into their overarching schema, I do think that they probably paid uh, a justifiable amount 
to grow themselves. It may seem like a lot for one studio, but when there's a definitive goal that they have in mind, they are basically paying up every last little penny they can in order to ensure that not only do they get Bungie, but Bungie enhances their stu- their other studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Well said. Uh, anyone else on the panel have any thoughts on this? Uh, going over to Tim Dog, buddy. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have a lot to say about the whole Bungie uh, acquisition by Sony. Uh, do you agree with uh, what Crusader's been saying? Yeah, I think he did a really good job of summing it up and really um, giving him a lot of information that's uh, not really talked about, but it definitely means a lot. Uh, I agree with him on pretty much all of his points. Um, you know, it is a long, long-term play. They did this for the talent, and they, and most of all, they don't. You, you know, yeah, present day they may have overpaid a lot, but the thing is, is that this deal is going to go for two, three, maybe ten years. Who knows? They're gonna, they're gonna be a, a portion of somebody that's really looked at and probably leaned on. And you know, um, I could see them doing a superhero game. Uh, for for um for 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 Sony and being amazing, so there's like you know their IP right now is Destiny, and I'm sure they're they're building a new one and they'll probably build another one. But the talent that they have, which is about a thousand developers, I heard, um, it's 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 nice to add that to the to the overall studio um you know portfolio. I I listen. I think they did a good job here. Uh, just as a statement, though, to combat what uh, Xbox did, uh, it's going to pale in comparison. It's, it's, you know, it's about ten times less. Uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's a, you know, a lot less. 60, 64 billion less. And the reason for that is because uh, you, you look at the Activision deal, they're multifaceted. They have mobile, they have kids games, they have Candy Crush, they have uh, you know, to have all these communities with uh, World of Warcraft and COD, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, if you didn't compare them, to be honest, it's a no contest. Xbox is going to just kill them there. And I think that's why some of the people gave it negativity is because this was supposedly their big or their one of their moves to say, hey, look at us. And, you know, it's you look at it say, oh, it's one IP. You know, and it's going to be multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that's from what I think what they came back this year. Thank you, Ms. Well. I think once they came back to the three point seven, the next one is just about that. But not for the fact that we're not the market leader. Even even on Sony will be a part of their big games like, uh, you know, that's associated with the console. There's nothing like there that's uh, you know, and that'll change, but not to the point where it makes you know, nobody's gonna buy Xbox. And I, I think that Xbox will be shut out of some, uh, you know, uh, deals like for Game Pass and stuff like that. They'll they'll still have DLC. Um, they're gonna sensitize it for Sony, of course. You have to. Um, it's just though, if you're being honest, um, scale and if you want to take it to the console or uh, forum and you really care about that stuff, uh, this is nothing compared to Activision. This is, uh, 
you know, a, a small deal. But it has its potential, and I'm officially thinking that it's a good deal. I would have done it, um, especially if I was in their position. I think it was a smart deal. And they overpaid a little, too. I, I think that they needed... A shot in the arm. I mean, it didn't help the stock that much, but it was kind of scary when uh, I have to say when Xbox did get Activision that day and they lost twenty billion. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still kind of recovering from that, but uh, a little bit. They're, they're back on their feet, obviously. But you know, those are things that you know are, are to be looked at. So, but overall, good deal. Um, and we'll talk more on Activision stuff like that later on. But uh, yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's. Comparatively to Xbox, it's not that big of a deal, but it's still it's a nice size deal. Mm-hmm. And Bungie, yeah, seemed... yeah, go ahead, Sean. Hey, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, if you were gonna make, go ahead, go ahead, go point. ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it was it was surprising until because yeah, in the past like year or so, you've seen them put like uh, what uh, was it Shadow? I think it was Shadow Keep or whatever their last all big of, expansion was. All of the. Uh... So Beyond Light uh, was the last big one, but they brought yeah. every expansion to Game Pass, including Beyond yeah. Light, which came day and day. Yeah, that was the Beyond Beyond Light, because that was dropping in their day one, so you're like, oh, because people were seeing when that happened, like, oh, they're doing that day one in Game Pass, okay, maybe they're, you know, wanting to go that route and join, you know, Xbox again. People were thinking that, like, they were in talks going that way, so it seemed surprising when you first saw it, but then when you read, like, why they did it, because now they're actually... You know, they probably have clauses in there that, hey, we're keeping our autonomy, we're keeping our independence. You know, if you break that clause, okay, then the, you know, contract, either they have probably some way out of it. <laughs> um, I'm sure they probably had them, you know, agree to their demands. Um, so it works out for Bungie great because uh, then they're not, you know, they have some, they can hire, they can, um, they can upgrade, you know, a lot of their, you know, expand their studio, uh, hire even more people. Um and Sony's in, you know, wanting to invest and just grow them out, kind of like uh, Microsoft's trying to, like, hey, we got King, okay, cool, we'll grow that into a mobile, more of a mobile, or like they did with Mojang, you know, let's just keep growing that um, and not make it make it exclusive. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it works out. I mean, no one, you know, that's an Xbox like only gamer should be upset about it because they're already saying even Jim Ryan is saying even rival consoles. I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, if anything, it, I think it's great for gaming in general because Bungie can do, do even more things than hopefully get away from, I get away from Destiny, but, like, branch out a little bit because I was a diehard Destiny player for, like, the first Destiny, uh, thousands of hours in that game, and then the second one, and then they they kind of dropped the ball from that when the Destiny 2 first dropped. And they took away the RNG with the weapons and pissed a lot of people off. And with that season pass I bought, which was like not worth the money. <laughs> and they have really bad onboarding. So when you try to go back to Beyond Light as a you know veteran and haven't played for a while, you, you, don't, you don't know what you're supposed to do. And then some of the legacy content, you're like, oh, okay, maybe I should catch up with this. Oh, no, that shit's disappearing. So it's like... Paid content probably shouldn't really disappear, but um, from inside the community, that's actually one hope with the acquisition is that the content voting of vaulting will uh, slow to a crawl or even disappear. Okay, yeah, that's Um, and that's that's been my biggest issue. Is like I I was like, oh, cool, I'm gonna get back into it finally with Beyond Light, and then 
with when it dropped into Game Pass, and I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I felt like I needed to go on YouTube to like watch a video. Hey, how do I get back into this? If I I played the first raid on Destiny 2, but I have not been on since. I'm lost. <laughs> like I was just trying to figure out even with the quest, like how I was supposed to come. What am I supposed to actually doing? And it was just. I don't know. I was at a loss on there. So I think this is going to really help that because they have more resources to actually, you know, tackle some of those things. So, and then the movie side, that should be pretty cool. Getting Halo, um, the show, hopefully that's not, uh, hopefully it's around Master Chief and not around mm. that random protagonist, yeah. like rumors are saying. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be cool to see, uh, because the, the lore, there is a ton of lore in there, just like there is with, uh, Halo. So it'd be cool to actually have that expanded on when it's not so much in the game. So I just hate the whole yeah. like separate timeline stuff. Like, I don't know, but that's just me, but we'll have to yeah. wait and see like, you know, what actually gets shown. Yeah. So I'll hold my reservations until then. But, yeah. um, yeah, like, uh, I was just going to touch on shock about what you're talking about, the uh, multimedia aspect for Bungie, because that's, you know, that was a big deal for them, you know, wanting to have more presence for, you know, expanding their operations for, you know, like what Sony can offer on like either animation or movie and so on. You know, they have a lot they have a lot of strengths there so you know it, it would be very attractive for them and I can totally understand that from their perspective um MLD pal I know like you know this is I mean this you know even even if we had suspicions about uh, you know Bungie and uh, Sony you know they still have such a strong tie to xbox to halo i mean again they were the ones that really kicked off the original xbox and made it successful uh what do you think about this deal uh sony acquiring them uh well um a lot of people try to make it like seem like a big deal online i personally don't really care because uh, in, in the sense you were saying because the bungee of today is not the bungee that made halo one to three so it doesn't really register the same to me anymore. I mean, Bungie's bit has left Xbox over a decade ago, so we we had ten plus years to make peace with this. So so it doesn't really factor, at least to me anyway. Uh, but overall, though, it means a lot. It means a lot of good things. I think, for one, um, for, for Xbox gamers, they're, it's not they're not exclusive. They're going to remain multi-plat. Um, it's weird. It's like. It's like this only spent three point six billion dollars, and it feels like nothing really changed. <laughs> so, but it reminds me of when Xbox bought Mojang, because it makes sense. The revenue streams are at are going to be at their best the more places that the game is available. So that 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 makes sense because Xbox did that again with with Minecraft, and you, look how big Minecraft has grown since uh, since they bought it. But it's also um, I think. There's also news that Xbox passed up, passed this up, and I think it's just because there was just bigger fish to fry. Like no pun intended with Call of Duty here. Like, uh, like you got Warzone, Warzone Two, which is which is supposed to be coming out next year. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile, Hearthstone, Candy Crush. In my opinion, these are each, never mind altogether, each more lucrative than Bungie as a whole. And that, that that's my opinion. Like they, those things just print money. And I think Xbox, they had their eye on the prize here, and that's a much bigger fish. So I don't think they needed uh, Bungie because, well, we got Doom, we got Wolfenstein, we got Halo. I think we're pretty good for sci-fi FPS, and now we got Call of Duty, which is 
World War II and also modern, possibly futuristic uh, shooters. Like, we're pretty good shooters. So Bungie, mm-hmm. a legacy, they're a legacy of a developer for Xbox, but you got to put business over emotion in this case. So I think they made the right call passing them up. That said, in the end of the day, Sony, I, I, I see why, why Sony got them. They need, they like their netcode. Their, their online is superb. They know how to make an addicting uh, multiplayer social game. And that's something that they are realizing they need to do. Xbox has been doing social multiplayer games, well, practically the what, this whole time. But they've been doing single-player, big-budget games, primarily the last generation. And only now are they starting to see if you want to do your own subscription service, if you want to keep PlayStation Plus uh, users subscribed for online multiplayer, you need first-party online multiplayer games. And this is like, I feel like now a bunch of can share their secrets with the rest of the Sony developers. And so it, it, in that case, it would be a win-win. Like Sony wants to do 10 live service games in the next few years. I think Bungie will play a big role in this. Show the other guys the ropes. Show them how to do it. Uh, provide the netcode. Make sure it's all stable and addictive. Mm-hmm. So in long term, I see how it could be very profitable for Sony. But at least in the short term, at least they're remaining multi-platform. So in the end of the day, there's no asset denial. We still we still get their content, so everyone wins. So yeah. Hmm. So is Destiny the uh, the Halo killer then? Because obviously Killzone isn't coming back. <laughs> oh. Well, it, it would have to be exclusive to be a Halo yeah, killer. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, going off what MLD said, it's super interesting to just see that this generation both companies are trying to correct their shortcomings uh microsoft has acquired a billion and a half studios and they have um uh targeted a lot of single player oriented games you know we have bethesda we have obsidian we have uh um in exile compulsion and then you look at what sony is now moving towards they are trying to move towards having some more multiplayer games they you know, they, they acquired Bungie to get for the talent. They're partnering with uh, Deviation and Haven, both of which are supposed to be making something multiplayer. And they claim that they have at least, what, eight more than that coming? Eight more uh, live service games they want to launch? Yeah, and uh, and both companies are doing it without sacrificing what they were good at in the first place. And I think that, it, that that's kind of just a, like an incredible thing that we're seeing, that like both of the great console makers that we have, both of the, you know, the great first parties, well, I guess Nintendo's a great first party too, but we're not talking about them right now, are shoring up their gaps, and everyone's going to benefit in the end. We're just going to see competition across the board, across every kind of uh, game you could imagine, and that that's just wonderful to me. Right, right. Uh, Centurion, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, the whole, again, Sony buying Bungie, uh, man, I would love to hear your take on this. Um, got any thoughts? Oh, I've got a lot of thoughts. Um, but they're really in agreement with what Crusader and pretty much a lot of the panel has been talking about. Um, Microsoft obviously passed up on Bungie because they didn't exactly fit what Microsoft was looking for. And like somebody said, there was bigger fish to fry. Activision came up. Um, But 
also let's I, Bungie also has worked with Microsoft before in the past. They left. They went with Activision. They left. Obviously, uh, Bungie seems like one of those developers that can that comes and goes from uh, people that acquire them. I don't know how to really describe Bungie. They're definitely a rogue developer. They're good at what they do. They were able to convince Sony to pay a lot of money for them, and I really do think that extra money that everybody's a little bit shocked at is due to the entertainment value that the Destiny um, universe offers. Um entertainment somebody mentioned like an animated television show you know you could have something like that you could do something live action there is a lot of entertainment potential for destiny and that's where i think sony sees potential that microsoft couldn't um but in the end this doesn't send shockwaves for me at least to me it's just bungie i i'm i was not up in arms the only thing i was more confused over how many people actually thought bungie still owned halo that that's <laughs> that, that, that right there was actually more of a news flash for me i was like oh my god people actually believe this but definitely um it is an interesting time to be a gamer it's a good time to be a gamer um, we've all said it before. Sony needs to definitely pick up its game when it comes to multiplayer focused games that actually work as games as a service. Um, they are very well known for their single player um, narrative driven experiences over on PlayStation. And Bungie is going to be able to help add to that. Um, as everybody mentioned, definitely Bungie is going to be helping these studios um, craft some really, really good uh, different kinds of games over on the PlayStation side. And honestly, in the end, us consumers are going to be the ones that benefit from all this competition and creativity because now we're really going to see um, what real competition drives the gaming industry to be. Um, I've heard it referred to as the golden age of gaming. And we're going to get into a very interesting time in gaming where almost every... Uh, gaming developer is going to be trying to do something new, something new, unique, just to outbeat the other guy. And there's going to be a lot of creativity for us consumers. Now, we've seen over the past month, uh, like again, January was just so mind boggling with the amount of acquisitions, uh, the announcements. Uh, Take Two, they bought Zynga for what, uh, seven or eight billion dollars, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Twelve. Oh, 12 there I'll we look go it up. <laughs> yeah please do it was something massive obviously a lot bigger than bethesda um obviously 12.7 there we go pretty much 13 billion dollars then we have the activision blizzard uh, getting bought by microsoft for close to 70 billion <laughs> mind-blowing announcement that again like i'm still like it's such a shockwave even the even the bethesda announcement was such a, a shockwave for me Centurion, do you think that, I mean, obviously these deals, they, they take months, sometimes years to like go through, finalize, you know, say yes, no, and, you know, sign the dots, etc. Um, do you think that the, when Microsoft announced that they bought Activision Blizzard, that that accelerated Sony to uh, be like, okay, hey, here's like, a billion dollars more. Do you think that helped them be like, okay, we got to nail down Bungie and do something? 
I'm pretty sure they were already in talks with Bungie. This wasn't just, uh, you know, the the announcement was made and mm -hmm. Jim Ryan reached into his, his pocket and called up Bungie and said, hey, would you like me to buy you? I'm pretty sure the offer was already out there. People had already been talking. Um, but I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of acceleration yes. in that Activision, that, that them saying that they're going to get bought out by Microsoft probably caused Jim Ryan and whoever else to just come together and say, look, let's pull the trigger on this company. There's obvious value there for us. It fits the avenue of gaming that we want because we want to be able to blend um, gaming with actual movie and music, uh, movie entertainment kind of stuff. Um, Destiny fits that profile. And I'm pretty sure that's why they also threw the extra, I think it was like $1.2 billion dollars for uh employee retention now that's going to take place um the way i understand it over the next couple of years that's not going to be right some lump sum bonus that some employee gets you basically get that doled out to you um over the next couple of years as long as you remain there yeah it, it approximately two-thirds of it will be distributed within the first uh two years now uh, and they're all of it is supposed to be distributed within five now, another reason, though, they had to do employee retention is because of the way Bungie was operated. A lot of the employees were stockholders. Now that Bungie's being bought out, that means a lot of these employees are all of a, gonna, all of a sudden have a lot more money. And, you know, sometimes I can motivate you to have like a change, a change in the course of your life. You know, somebody could be like, oh, I'm going to go give up gaming and open up that restaurant I've always talked about. That's another reason why they wanted to have some employee retention there because they wanted employees to be like, hey, you're going to have some money, but you can make even more money if you stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this I mean, I, I still am very intrigued about this buyout, but at the same time, it does make sense. Sony's loved the destiny ip ever since it first got announced obviously they had a whole bunch of marketing rights to it from the get-go and yeah i mean you know they were working closely with them and activision for a long time so again there's well, well, some stuff that doesn't surprise me if i could put on my tinfoil hat for you if you want my real answer um Jim Ryan heard they were going to buy Activision, so he hurried up and grabbed a hold of the guy at Bungie, and they did a FaceTime with Phil Spencer and just to basically like, no, Call of Duty needs to stay multi-plat. I have Destiny now. Right. Bad joke. Right? No, nope, well, no, I, I think it's funny because it's Phil Spencer's favorite game. He always talks about Destiny, so he's just like, I'm just going to get Phil Spencer's favorite game. I'm going to have leverage. Well, the funny thing, too, right. now is that they announced, like, because there's been a lot of different follow-up reports, and I believe it was Jim Ryan that said, you know, a day or two after that they're not done with their acquisitions yet. I personally, I don't think that they're going to make, like, much larger acquisitions, but more there's definitely going to be some, some more studios being bought down the line, guys. So I believe yeah. they have twelve billion dollars set aside for M and A over the next two years yeah. budgeted. That like they don't have all of that money on hand right now. Like they're not gonna make a twelve billion dollar purchase. That's for the next several years. And that's for the entirety of Sony Corp. Right? That's not just the PlayStation division. All right, that's the Sony pictures, Sony yeah. whatever the, the TVs. Yeah. 
So, um, but you know, realistically, they probably will buy a few more independent public, uh, independent developers. Yeah. Um, maybe even a small publishing unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. it with uh, with Coltia earlier in the week. He referred to it as uh, jabbing. Jabbing. Hmm, interesting term. I have to look that up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like I. Well, the thing is, Xbox, Microsoft, they had to go out and buy all these studios and publishers because again, they they had to address the situation more. And, you know, a lot lot of that's listening to the fans about, hey, you know, we want to see, you know, these different, you know, a more variety of IP come, and they had to grab the studios. Sony, on the other hand, they already had uh, the studios, like a large number of studios. They also had uh, a a large number of IP. They don't need to address it as much, and that's a credit to them. But at the same time, over the past couple of years, they've been buying studios. Insomniac... Uh, Fire Sprite. Uh, there's a couple, couple of others that aren't on top of my head. Blue Point, uh, and so on. So again, they'll probably be making more of like those kinds of studio-sized uh, acquisitions. Uh, some of them have been pretty good. So like uh, you know, Insomniac is a very good studio to have in your stable. So uh, kudos to them on that. Um, guys, do you have any more comments? Any more chimes before we move on to another topic? Because like. Bungie, I mean, you know, it is a bit of a surprise, but, you know, in the long run, I mean, you know, $3.6 billion, it's a lot of money. There's one IP in there, but you get a heck of a lot of talent. Uh, Anybody else want to add to this before we move on? Yes, no? All right. I'll just cut it there, guys. But definitely let us know in the uh, comment section, guys, in the chat, what you guys think about the uh, Sony Biota Bungie because, again, it is a pretty big deal for the gaming industry. And uh, kind of funny and ironic that they buy it, a former uh, staple Xbox studio. Just kind of funny. Uh, okay, guys, why don't we uh, move on and let's talk about the Federal Trade Commission and how how they will be going over the Microsoft acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard because of the size of this, the magnitude of the buyout, it's going to need to go through the legal process with a fine comb. And uh, you know, again, when you're talking about close to eighty billion dollars, uh, you have to do the the legal checks and balances, I guess. But it takes time. Uh, Centurion, pal, I'll uh, go over to you first. Uh, what do you think of the FTC uh, stepping in here? Like, do you believe there's uh, any cause for concern for Microsoft uh, for this going through? I'm going to put them on a level field, but I really believe if the deal gets done, um, they're going to be well-versed for the metaverse. And why I say that is because... Um, if you listen to one of the platform metaverses, it's like it takes these Call of Duty communities and Bungie communities, even though that's not part of it, but it's like Call of Duty, World of Warcrafts, uh, Sea of Thieves, Halo, Overwatch, and you take these communities and you, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, and you can actually put them all within each other and they can interact with each other, um. Uh, that's what one of the platforms has been explained. Well, actually, I saw being explained by um, 
Bobby Kotick. I know we don't like the guy, but uh, he did explain what, what it could be and or is going to be. And, and Xbox is in a unique <clears> position <throat> there where look at the IPs that, he have, that have a social presence, whether it's Minecraft or it's Call of Duty or it's freaking World of Warcraft, uh, Diablo. Think about it. Think of all those community Elder Scrolls. And then uh, you also have Halo, Gears to a lesser extent, the Forza community. Um, it's just, it's just, I just feel like it, it, it'll put them in a real strong position for the metaverse. And I do feel like, again, yeah, Xbox will be uh, one step ahead of Sony in the, in the, where this is all going type things because let's let's be honest phil was talking about two billion gamers in 2018 and we were all laughing and kind of like saying ah well you know phil just has big sites and you know um you know he meant that at face value and look look who's who's laughing now in 2022 you have mm-hmm. sony already talking about they want to reach one billion gamers so it, it this is all drastically gonna I think ramp up. I just feel like, like again, if Xbox can get the deal, they're just uniquely positioned to really uh, jump out ahead. And I, and I do believe they will be number one in time. But uh, you know, it, it took a lot to get there. And uh, people will say they bought their way in, but you know what? My opinion is that you know uh, they need to do something like that. They don't have the recognition that Sony has, like uh, you know. Um, MLD said, and you know, this just makes the deal where it's like, huh, we have to get an Xbox. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, can guy, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. I was listening to Tim Dog, and uh, sorry, guys, just uh, not to intrude, but uh, just to let everybody know, sorry about that. My Discord had crashed for whatever reason. I was just like trying to figure out what the heck happened, and then uh, the audio wasn't coming through. So sorry about that. I think we're good now, and uh, I'll make sure to edit this in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, sorry, guys, in the chat. Uh, again, let me know, you know, if anything else happens. But uh, we sound good now, as far as I can tell. Uh, keep going, Tim, yeah. <laughs> no, just, just overall, that's basically where it's at. I kind of feel like they have a, they have a real vision with their, their buy. And it's to get into mobile, to get into, you know, that's why I feel like the Activision deal is, is is warranted is because this is all part of their vision. This is all talked about when they talked about this years ago. Two billion gamers were laughed at. Um, they had a vision a long time ago, and now it's coming to fruition, and now they're acting out on it. And I think they're just well within their rights. They had this vision, um, you know. Uh, and it's you know it, it's they they want to go further with it. They want to be in the metaverse. They want to be one of these players, and uh, they have the right to do that. It's all the competitions. That's where all the competition is going. And um, you know, I think right now that even Microsoft itself is holding its breath for this deal to go through because it's gonna it's gonna put them in a different stratosphere for sure. Like when, you, when the way you're talking, I feel like the movie Ready Player One. And in that regard, yeah, like Xbox is really positioned now because that movie had so many like IPs to reference. And now yeah. when, when the deal goes through, what you got Crash, Spyro, Overwatch, <laughs> Diablo, all these like Wolf, Doom, Wolfenstein, all these IPs from our childhood that like have been been in gaming for like decades. Yeah. Like Xbox is really positioned 
but get a lot of gaming communities that have been before disconnected and fragmented and put them all under one roof. And that thought is very in- intriguing for the future. Well, that's that's the way I had struggled with metaverse and understanding it until um, when I watched Bobby talk about it and how Bobby explained it. Um, and he explained it on a CNBC uh, interview. And, and obviously there's different platforms. There's, there's VR, there's AR. Uh, you know, and that can all be incorporated. But uh, the main platform is is what he was saying was the community aspect, and um, all these all those IPs that you just mentioned have uh, communities associated with them, and they and or want to be associated with. So if I'm a COD player and I have a, a you know clan, I want to be known as the COD. And if I'm a Minecraft player and I build things, I want to be known as a Minecraft player in the Meta Universe. And then you're going to have uh, what I believe is going to be social interaction between these communities. And, you know, that's when, you know, he, even Bobby Tokyo talked about security. There's going to be things like, hey, I can't, you know, we have to have, uh, you know, certain security parameters. You can't share information. You can't, you know, this is all uncharted grounds. And when that stuff happens, you usually have to, monitor it because people take advantage obviously and and or you know figure shit out you know and that's more reference to like personal information and stuff that you know because you're probably going to be able to buy things in in a virtual shop or you know um you know certain things like that so the, the my understanding and i think everyone is is trying to figure out where the metaverse is going that's where i'm starting to establish an understanding of and where it's going to go and how it's going to be implemented is going to be another thing. I think PlayStation VR Home was a great metaverse before its time. Was metaverse, if you, yeah. you want to do metaverse, go on to Home. And that yep. shit's metaverse, man. Um, and that stuff is really cool. So VR is a platform, too, that you got to watch out for um, and or the combination of a VR platform with these IPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a few years for all this to really develop, but I mean, again, Xbox seems to be very serious about that. Again, you talk, you see Satya Nadella coming out and talking about, you know, just subtly dropping remarks about metaverses and whatnot. Uh, either way, I mean, it's just impressive the amount of IP that they've been able to gather over the past couple of years it's it's mind-blowing all these treasured ip and i don't think they're going to be stopping at activision anytime soon honestly so um well i mean i'll be honest i didn't i never imagined something like activision blizzard so why not i mean uh sega or capcom or square enix any of those are just kind of chump change to microsoft it just takes time in order to get like the legal proceedings going but they're nothing in comparison to the deal that they just made so why not especially in a couple of years time again i nothing surprises me anymore nothing absolutely nothing that microsoft can touch which is you know says a lot um Crusader, uh, sorry, uh, Centurion Pal. I'm not sure. Did you get your points in earlier about the this whole thing? About the Bungie acquisition? 
Well, no, about the uh, the FTC because uh, sorry, the audio had cut out, so I don't think people really got to hear what uh, like any like real talking points uh, from you. Um, no, I didn't get a chance to mention on that part. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I definitely. Got to that part yet. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even start the FTC part. Oh, yet. really? Because yeah, oh, I, you yeah, see, yeah. that's how that's how out of the loop. Because sorry, we were talking about that, and uh, sorry, I just thought we initially went on because I had started, and I'm I guess the audio had cut out at that point. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were about to, but then we got the we lost you, and then yeah, B got you, and then <laughs> got you back. Okay. Okay. No, we were just going off. But yeah, no, uh, Crusader should. You want to lead off on on the FTC? We can do that. I know mm -hmm. I have some comments on that, and it's going to be a big, uh, mm -hmm. big subject at hand. Yeah, well, uh, Centurion Pal, why don't you start us off? Uh, because again, this okay. the uh, the FTC, the whole FTC Microsoft situation, uh, the Federal Trade Commission. It looks like they're going to be combing over this whole buyout deal uh, with. Uh, Microsoft, Xbox, and you know Activision Blizzard, uh, just because of the scale, the size of this buyout, and uh, again, you know, legal proceedings. I guess they do need to be followed with sales of this magnitude, right? Uh, uh, I guess because of competition and different things. Uh, like, what are your thoughts on this? Um, do you believe that there is any cause for concern for Microsoft uh, with this going through? Okay. Um, for starters, um, the big thing everybody's been running around rampant on this whole situation is they think, oh my God, the FTC is like pushing the DOJ out of the way and they're going to handle this personally. Um, no. So it's kind of funny, both the DOJ and the FTC, the federal trade commission handle these, these types of acquisitions hand in hand. They have jurisdiction. They both have the same amount of jurisdiction, but what negates that basically which one to handle or the other is um, experience. And the FTC came out and said that they're the ones that have the experience um, with uh, things that involve digital marketplaces and the, the digital metaverse in its na in name because uh, the chairperson over at the FTC is wanting to uh, – have a little bit more of a crackdown on digital marketplaces. Now that's her own personal statements. This isn't aimed at Microsoft. Um, um, I've got, I got her name right here. I'm bad with names. Everybody knows that. Uh, Lena Khan. That's right. The FTC chairperson, Lena Khan. She has come out and said that basically, you know, quoting in a um, interview stating that they would not back down in the face of intimidation from better resourced opponents. Um, so she has definitely taken on groups like Amazon and Facebook, and she's definitely she sings a little bit of a different attitude than the FTC chairperson that was in charge during the last administration under the the Bethesda deal. Um, this is going to be a very interesting time. No, the FTC did not come out of nowhere with this. This was all actually, in my opinion, to be expected that the FTC was going to be the one that handled this because it was going to go straight across her desk. Um, now, the only reason why I say Microsoft should be concerned at all is because that, again, we're under a different administration with a different plan, with a different goal, um, especially when it comes to digital marketplaces. And I don't really say this is going to gum anything up other than this is going to create a long, lengthy process that Microsoft has already planned for 
which is why they've come out and said that this is probably going to land, uh, you know, close sometime in the middle of next year. So this is just par for the course, in my opinion, and it's just going to get uh, real interesting to watch the Internet anytime anything comes up about this acquisition, because there is going to be those that are going to try to make a big deal out of nothing when, once again, this was just the FTC doing what they were already going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Crusader. If I can jump off of specifically when you when you're talking about the DOJ and the um the FTC have the same authority, they actually have the the same legal right to upon a acquisition or merger being announced, both organizations have a 30-day right to um initiate a review of any merger and acquisition that is over uh 92 million dollars uh USD by current law and during that 30-day review period they can uh just let things go outright they can request more time to review and they can um uh or they can challenge it um and just as centurion said with a acquisition this size there was no way that one of the two wasn't going to be involved um d just as like we saw with the uh the fox disney deal which was slightly smaller than this um there was no way that someone wasn't going to get involved um that being said it's simply because of size the size of the company buying and the size of the company being bought um i i don't foresee much of any issue the only place they might be challenged is um in their uh the, the cloud area um and i know tim tim will talk about this himself later that that's the only area that they might see a true challenge because it is the area with which they could claim that they have uh the the largest standing in and they could have a super majority standing in in terms of uh population size and developer size in that area but um I don't think that that will be enough to convince any uh, um, any judge that this would that that would be presiding over anything, even if the FTC was to bring something. It, it it's not enough. Right, and I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Satya Nadella's statements, but yeah, he sounds pretty confident it'll go through. Um, <laughs> because he even made the comments that it would only be at, like. After the deal would go through, take hot off the table. He doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Like they would only be the third largest in revenue behind uh, both Sony and Tencent, so they wouldn't even be the biggest player in the uh, gaming uh, section, anyways. Right. Well, yeah. like like Crusader said, um, awesome analysis. Yeah, listen. Um, if you can bring the cloud up, there's there's there's, there's multiple fat ways to look at this. Okay. They're not going to only look at it in Call of Duty of exclusivity. They're going to look at it cloud. They're going to look at it mobile. They're going to look at it metaverse of what they think, what they're, you know, that's going to be a fun one because that hasn't even established itself, and um, we don't know what it is. I explained earlier why what it could be or some of the aspects of what it could be. Um, but overall... You know, that's that's these are things that they're going to try to have compelling arguments against this deal, this merger. And believe me, 
the best argument I feel that they have, if they have any, is maybe that the the collection of IPs that Microsoft has and or uh, the exclusivity of a percentage of them or how much is this going to be exclusive gives them somewhat of a real, I wouldn't say unfair advantage, but if you want to say an advantage over something like Sony that has, you know, that, that, that doesn't have these, these, you know, online, these multi multipliers, uh, big, huge IPs. Um, but again, I've thought of every, I've heard of every side of argument. I had somebody who used to send me articles every day about this stuff and give me like 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 ideas of what they could go after. He's very knowledgeable. His name is uh, Singh. Uh, he's on Twitter, but we talk a lot. And um, if there was a case to be had, I would tell everyone here there's a case to be had. But if I really truly look at it on the basis of law and what what it's going to do and how it's going to be effective. This does not make them – this doesn't give them any more political – I mean more – not political advantage, more, uh, you know, market advantage that it can't be, you know, comp- comp- competed against, with, especially with what Sony has. When you look at it, they have Spider-Man. They have uh, Wolverine. They have uh, stuff like that. They have God of War. They have – they have a ton of their own communities that you could, you know, compare and say that yeah, this is a. a, a I don't think it puts anybody on a, on a uneven ground. Put it that way. I think just Microsoft. Yeah, they're the big door because they spent the money and they have the high profile, uh, you know, deals. But this is part of their vision and they shouldn't be blocked from that vision when they're talking about it for years. And there's really no legitimate argument against. Whichever way you want to look at it. I mean, Call of Duty maybe is the listen. If that's the only one, that's the big one that you say that's really, it matters and has to be exclusive. Okay, then make it exclusive. That's as far as I can see that the the, the holdup being. Other than that, and especially with what, what, what Satya said, uh, I think that it might even be off the table they feel that confident. So I just feel it's going to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way I, the way I see it, the gaming market is very fragmented, and uh, like in my opinion, there's like three major areas. You got console, where you got Nintendo is a beast, and PlayStation is still the you know has a bigger brand than Xbox. You got PC, where the Windows Store and the Game Pass app is still uh, very much behind uh, uh, Steam, uh, being the biggest player by far in the PC space. And then you got mobile, even with that what Candy Crush, Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, Hearthstone, Apple has by arguably the biggest stranglehold on the mobile market. So if the if they argue it like that, it's just no contest. They are not even close exactly. to monopoly. It's very Sorry. well said too. I mean, I, honestly, I think we do a good job here right now of, of explaining of all the assets of this. And yeah, is it gonna be, is it gonna be whatever you want to call uh, put on, on on you know, politicized or whatever by Sony fan guy, fan boys, they're going to definitely be pushing that this deal. They don't want the deal to happen. They don't want, they want to forever say Xbox is in last place. And that was their saving grace from all the narratives that they pushed. And, you know, it was still uh, Xbox is in last place. Now when you can't say that, that's, you know, (laughs) 
you know, you know, it is what it is. But you know, they, they, there are people that that don't want Xbox to do this deal, but it's more for personal reasons. It's not really because they care about the marketplace. The marketplace problems that they're saying, like the one guy, this one idiot, Adam Conover, is talking about how Xbox they're going to make Game Pass so good and so cheap that everyone will just have no choice to get it because you basically get games for free. I mean, you know, like uh, because they could they they could subsidize themselves because they're much bigger. I mean, listen, that's a crazy ass take, and it's, nobody runs a business to to lose money. But you know, what's, to what's say that, that Toby McGuire line? I forgot that where the part Toby where that's money? my problem. Oh, that's Spider Man. You know, but you know, I mean, as a consumer, he's basically saying, "Screw consumerism! Consumerism! Let's pay seventy dollars." Let's, you know, support these devs uh, and let them take my money and not even offer a cross save for free. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can go many ways uh, about it, you know what I mean? But the fact is to say that something is so good or they're so big that they're going to, you know, incorporate all these losses so you can play video games. Well, I, I just, just, just on the basis of that, me as a consumer, I'm winning like a, a crazy and I am winning like crazy with Game Pass. So, um, if that's that's their business scheme and that's the way they want to do it, um, which it isn't because you don't run a business to lose money, um, that's the worst argument I've ever heard. Because as a consumer, you benefit greatly from that. So yeah, you know. So I just didn't get that. That guy was just like he stirred everyone up, and his argument was so stupid, in my opinion, because of like just just to bring up Game Pass and that. And saying how, like, you know, and try to put this, you know, false narrative attached to it that's, you know, is speculative at best. You know, um, they're running subscription service. They they want to make money. They want people. The more people they get on, it's like any other thing, uh, the more money that they're going to make and, that, and they're going to be happy. And they're going to be able to offer this. Don't fault them for making a great service. You know what I mean? And that Sony's it was too cheap to do because they Sony could do it. Sony could do day and day PC and um, have Game Pass and then have the game. You could even do special editions, early access stuff like that. You could do day and date in their game returns. They're gonna end up doing it anyway. So, mm-hmm. and again, just to highlight the fact that again, I mean, we're going from a topic that again, Sony just bought Bungie for you know a crap load of money. A take two bought Zynga, as we we're talking about, for like close to thirteen billion dollars. Uh, again, they're in a, uh, acquiring. You look at a group like, well, a company like Embracer Group, who's been gobbling up publishers and studios like crazy. Gearbox got gobbled up. THQ Nordic, Saber Interactive, the list goes on. I mean. Microsoft is only doing again they're only they're competing in order to keep up because again there's all these different acquisitions going on um like I I don't see what the big deal is personally they have the money and they're addressing things that people wish that they had done years ago they were just playing catch up and now what you're gonna penalize them no I, I don't think so and there's all kind you look at the market there's still all kinds of uh, competition out there i don't see what the the big issue is personally so yeah it's going to make it hard to, for them to for the for it to be stopped when 
like I think MLD was saying that the game market's so like fragmented, like it's nowhere even close to a monopoly. If they didn't stop, if Disney didn't get stopped from buying Fox, this definitely isn't going to get stopped. There's just no, there would be no basis for it. Yep. Um, but yeah, In I mean, theory. I think I think it's going to go through. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Um. Oh, I was going to say, in theory, Xbox can keep buying and buying and buying so long as they're behind Tencent. And so long as they diversify between PC, console, and mobile mm-hmm. buyouts, they'll stay under the radar. I mean, they'll get they'll get like these hearings if they're big enough, but they can, in theory, just keep buying and buying until they are not number, until they are number one. Yeah. And I can't oh, yeah. And, and I think Destin, he had a pretty good video where he kind of tore that uh, one guy, like Adam's uh, oh, yeah. I forget his point apart where he was saying like, well, uh, Microsoft can just keep going until they're just losing money indefinitely and then just like take out kind of like a Amazon or Walmart. And I'm like, but, but, but that's you saying that they're losing money. Micro- Aaron Greenberg already said, uh, yeah, sure. It's not a uh, big profit move. He didn't say we weren't making any profit. He said, yeah, we're doing a lot of investing right now, so we're not making like a huge amount of profit right now because we're in the growth phase. So, and then, because, and they're taking in a lot of money. They even gave the stats where, you know, Game Pass members, you know, because it gives you that feeling of like you're saving money, but then you actually end up spending more because I'm like, okay, I'm paying Game Pass and I feel like I have more money because my money's being uh, stretched out throughout the year. So then I spend on the store because I'm like, oh, okay, I got a little extra cash because I'm paying, you know, Game Pass <laughs> over time. So that's what I end up doing. I end up buying a lot more, like third party games. Well, again, um, you got to look at it like this covered. too, Shockley, because didn't uh, didn't somebody put out a statistic on Call of Duty microtransactions alone that Activision was making something like five or six billion dollars? It's not just Call of Duty. It is all microtransactions under Activision Blizzard yeah. King. Ah, uh, there we go. So that yeah. includes King. So mm-hmm. that includes Candy Crush, which arguably, it, well, not even arguably, it's the most profitable mobile game ten years running. Um. So, but yeah, in in this year, it was five billion in microtransaction revenue in the last fiscal year. So yeah, it's the last quarter. I heard the last quarter they made more money than COD did. So, yeah, that, yeah. so basically, when you look at it from that aspect, it is fragmented. That's you know what competition at the Apple Game Store, which is way big, way bigger, um, Google, whatever. Um, but you know, again, you know, we're not we're, it's, we're not breaking any laws here. It's just smart. It's a smart investment. It's a smart investment that's going to make money from multiple faceted ways. And none of it's going to present a monopoly or anti-competitive uh, play field, you know. Um, the the only thing that they may get dinged for, and we, we've touched on this, but we haven't actually directly said it, is um, one part of antitrust is not just monopoly, but it's using your power to directly damage another company, even if you aren't the majority company. And because Call of Duty is this year was both first and third on the PlayStation Store in terms of sales, uh, Vanguard was first and Cold War was third in terms of revenue. Uh-huh. If they were to say that they were taking it off of PlayStation, it could be um, 
uh, deemed as malicious and damaging, they can literally get out of that immediately just by saying that they were going to keep it multiplat. Which, if that was a plan, they could literally they could get out of it scot free in an exactly. instant. And say and that I it was why never you say what Phil said. We have a desire to keep it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think if Phil's done, you're going to hear any other language. I think it um, was multiply. I think it's multiply based on Phil's comments. Yeah, and same. His, but I do feel though uh, Satya came in and um, basically said, "We're not going to ask for anything because mm-hmm. we don't feel like it's you know justified." You know. And well, then, and then, you know, I, I think you'll see. I I do think that probably in the end, COD will be exclusive, and that might be the big thing that comes out of this that they agreed to do that. But if they can keep every other IP exclusive, it's an unbelievable deal. Well, and, and it's going to be hard. It might not even be yeah. an agreement thing. That could be their literal intention right now. You know, and it's like, going to be hard for them to keep them out because, like, you just saw, look what, how Xbox got their you know asses handed to them. Well, well, Sony and Nintendo is crushing them through the last gen. So they can look at that and be like, oh, I mean, they'll need all the help they can get. And and, and it's still not oh, like man. freaking close to Monopoly. Like, there's still and so many other publishers. still not even close. That's yeah. that's and not Sony's close. buying Bungie, so that's going to help their case, mm-hmm. too. Be like, well, shit, you just bought that. And, it- like... But again, yeah, I mean, every other every other still. company is buying up publishers and yep. big studios, so yeah. it's so not going to be like, hey, it, we're going to stop the one. I'm, I don't want to. It's not being like patriotic or anything, but I'm like, is the is the American Justice Department going to stop an American company from like competing with other foreign companies? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's more through. American company now than Japanese, but pretty much. Well, that's but. the thing. I saw them ask her. Uh, I think it was Lena. Um, you know, if you deter uh, an American company, another, uh, you know, uh, not hostile, but another Chinese company that doesn't really have the greatest intentions, I think, for gaming can come in and that overall can hurt gaming itself. So, the you know, the FTC has to, I would think, consider that a little, you know, and consider the workplace environment. You have a workplace environment that's very good at Xbox. Uh, Microsoft is, you know, pretty pretty good on this, um, and they're uh, they've always been kind of forward thinking in aspects in some aspects. So I think that they can come to a point where they can get these employees and come to an agreement, and they they want to have empl- happy employees. They're not going to take on a bunch of disgruntled employees, and you know uh, have bad workplace. Uh, you know, uh, things go on. They're gonna have, you know, classes. They're gonna have a whole big culture. You know, yeah. Intake with a- Xbox and Microsoft, and I think that's a good thing. And I think that will help this whole situation. Yeah. You take the situation, you let Tencent buy it, and believe me, Tencent doesn't care about anybody on this podcast, anybody in the social media, anything. They're a Chinese company, I believe, right? Yeah, and they are. They'll, they'll just They'll just they'll just do what they what they want. They're all about the bottom dollar. They don't care about um, you know uh, making gaming better, in my opinion. Uh, I do feel like places like Sony, Nintendo, and Xbox have that that passion about you know competing and making the best. That they actually would make the games, uh, the IPs, and the companies better upon a purchase. And I think that has to be considered. Yeah, I think that'll be. 
clear for them to show too as well like hey look how it's been under that under under uh, activision and okay here's what we we've already stated like what we're planning to do not on the exclusive market but of like hey we're gonna you know invest more into ip look at our staff it's so diverse and there's so many you yes. know women in the high levels of the uh, microsoft or xbox so Sarah bond the very recognition of of um all types of lifestyles. Microsoft's very progressive. Microsoft's very, I, I, you know, they're definitely they're they're, they're not going to Activision's not going to come in there and keep up to where Play thinks that they were doing. It's just going to be, you know, um, that stuff is really frowned upon, and they have their own close community. Just look at who Phil is like the most clean cut guy. Sarah is awesome. You know, they just you look at the people involved with Xbox and. I mean, I've had the opportunity to meet them. They're real good people, you know. I don't think they'll be. I think they'll recognize Crunch, and they'll come to an agreement with Raven, um, and stuff like that. I think that they they want to act like. I think they want to play like they care at least, uh, and um, I so, think they do. And I think they do have a high moral compass. So. Like I said, I don't expect. I I think Activision coming here could be the best thing forward for their workplace and the people. One of the big things that Activision's been doing, and that touches on the Raven thing, is they've been downsizing staffing in some areas. We saw them lay off a ton of people in one of their most profitable years. Mm -hmm. Microsoft in the Xbox division is doing anything but downsizing. I look at Compulsion; they doubled their studio size. Um, yeah, it's gonna create more jobs, you know. Com- compulsion, uh, double fine. Uh, no, not double fine. Compulsion, Ninja Theory, and Obsidian, I believe, all moved into new office offices this year with like double the space. In exile yeah. too, I think. In exile, yeah. Were they, yeah, they they I don't think they were. Um, Rare got a huge complex. Yeah, and like two years ago. Uh. Yeah, I don't think there was any at least massive scale layoffs. I mean, there, that's going to be a concern too. Where they're going to be like, M&A, hey, you got ten thousand employees. Um, you know. I know when they bought I, Double Fine, think... there was layoffs because they got yeah. rid of the publishing uh, section of Double Fine. Um, but they kept oh, okay. on the entirety of uh, Bethesda oh, Software yeah. as a publisher because they they wanted yeah. the separate publishing arm. To split up management so that Matt Booty isn't managing 23 studios. Imagine if they got rid of the Activision Blizzard, Activision Blizzard King, and Bethesda publishing arms, and Matt Booty had to manage uh, 30 studios across like 70 locations. It'd be a nightmare. It'd be impossible. So now, you have to know that the publishing locations are going to stay. Like the publishing arms are staying. Right, and I think that one of the things that might come up also too is Bobby Kotick's. Uh, um, you know, deal. I do believe that he will leave upon the, uh, yeah. the, the deal. And to be honest, that's uh, probably the best, that's the best thing going for the company too. That if you're guaranteed that, like that could help give things, it, even though, you know, he's done good, but he's obviously he screwed up here. And give he it three to... months. He's, he's not going the, the day the deal signed, he won't leave. Give it three months yeah. and he'll be out. They'll, they'll have him yeah. in there for the transition. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they'll, he, he, you know, um, I think he'll it, be out. I, I don't listen. He, no, he, at the end yeah, of the day, I don't out. think that. I, I, at the end of the day, that's we'll see what happens. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, you, I, I, they didn't with Bethesda. They even kept on duplicate positions like um, marketing and stuff like that, like stuff that you might have, you know had duplicate positions because you have an Xbox or whatever. Uh, yeah, they basically might let them do the same thing that they did with Bethesda, just run as you are. Um, obviously, the stuff like the union, recognizing the union, uh, I don't know if that's going to be discussed, but that's going to be an interesting thing for them. Um, if they did recognize the union, that could start a, uh, you know, it could start something where these guys want to unionize, and they might they might have a case to say because it seems like there's been a lot of abuses that went on through the years, but you know they they equate passion for you know you making a game and they don't consider that the, these people did it through passion but they were definitely overworked and like workers rights and stuff like that that might become something that microsoft has to deal with um which is going to be interesting how they deal with this whole merger uh not not necessarily not necessarily that like that's going to be a bit of a headache for them but again they just got to get the deal done and i think that they'll fix all that stuff and then you know they'll be we'll get to the fun stuff. You know what are they making? And I think that they'd be making games different than what Activision is. And I think it's better for the gamer because Activision is all about the bottom line. Where Xbox can say, hey, let's make a Guitar Hero two for Game Pass, and you know we'll do the R and D with the we'll have yeah. a hardware team with a, a, a you know guitar and and a piano. And, you know, this will be a preferable uh, deal or whatever. But let me tell you that I really feel like a Guitar Hero is that strong of an IP that you could make people buy the system for it. People absolutely love that game. It's a very casual game. I don't like it because I suck at it, but I'm not naive to notice or remember how big it was. I don't know if you guys remember. Yes. It was huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we played it the whole way through college. Um, exactly. late at night, we'd, we'd, be, we'd be playing and having a good time. Yeah, no, and just for the fact to, like, I really hope they unleash all those studios that are Call of Duty support studios and have them working on either sequels to IP that they were doing or new IP, just something that they're more passionate about because Raven Software, High Moon Studios, um... Beanox and so on they're very talented studios and just to have them as support studios like it just it really wastes their talent so I really hope that Xbox unleashes these studios to do more than what they've been well saddled with over the past couple of years um now guys question um Will Microsoft have to wait until this deal is through to uh, make another purchase? I know that we were talking a bit about this before the show started, but do you guys think that they're just going to like lay low for uh, right now until this deal goes through, uh, you know, with the with the FTC hovering over them uh, before they uh, announce or go through with any other acquisitions? Um, I want them to, but I think so. I think so. They got played safe. I'm gonna That's... say yes with a but. All they're right. gonna they're gonna wait. The but is if it's less than ninety two million dollars and they do not have to report it, it does not have to go through the FTC and they don't have to report it in that way. Like a small a, a smaller scale, uh, something, um, maybe just like a technology company or something like that. Like you know, like a like a small like we make uh 
like this kind of plug-in for like an engine or something like that um you, you it could know, be like, like an indie a, developer too, yeah like, like a small indie, indie company anything that is below that number they could do without question um anything over that probably it has to wait in fact i think you're going to be waiting six to eight months after this is all over to even hear the scent of anything that doesn't mean they won't be talking to people and they'll be companies that they're interested in they'll be locking them down with publishing deals right mm-hmm. they'll be like they'll be locking down um uh certain affinity who has been a support yeah. studio for halo and for call of duty since their inception um they will lock them down with uh contracts for call of duty with contracts for halo with that pu- that rumored publishing deal for that monster hunter game that they will anyone that they're interested in they will create enough deals to lock them down to a point where they will not be appetizing to someone else to buy Mm-hmm, right. Um, yeah, they didn't make any other deals until that Bethesda deal was done. So I yeah. Mean. I mean, the way I heard Satya talk the other day, I would I would have never said that they would be able to do something within the time. Um, but after hearing him talk, uh, it kind of did raise an eyebrow. But what I would, what I would ultimately say is that it's better off keeping safe and playing safe card and not pissing this Lena Khan off. Or doing something that draws more attention to them if they already have the attention on them. Um, and I think that they're well aware of that. Uh, what I've heard is, is that they're off the table right now for the most part, but if they do hear of a deal that, say, something they targeted and that they hear that, you know, somebody else's close competition, that they're not going to take themselves out of the market completely that, that they'll swoop in and try to get that developer mm-hmm. or, or you know uh i did hear that so um as 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 much as i've said you know and i was the first one pretty much to be saying it that this no deal is going to be happening now um i remember i said on twitter and people were like ah oh, no i think nick nick chappelle was like you never you know and that doesn't mean exactly um but to me Bet your bottom dollar, uh, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, they're not gonna mess with it. They just want to get this deal done. Mm-hmm. And to believe, believe it or not, Crusader, I think the the deal of the day is done. They're gonna be doing the same thing that they did after they uh, got Bethesda. Excuse me, and that is, uh, um, talk to everyone. Talk to everyone, or yeah. make another oh, oh. plan to get somebody else. Oh. I, I agree that they will they will begin talking to everyone as soon as this deal is over. We yeah. won't hear anything for six to eight months. Right, but they could also lock down. Listen, I think the, the things that they have to pro- probably lock down are they got to figure out what's going on with the Square Enix war. Uh, these employees that came over, I don't necessarily think those employees want to be back with Square Enix. So I don't know if they can cut a deal with those certain developers or and or make a deal with just uh, Crystal Dynamic itself. Um, so that's one deal I could see possibly getting done and, uh, you know, Avalanche and these other studios, they'll just have these, these deals that are exclusive to Xbox and and they'll just keep that, 
narrative going. They'll probably be telling these companies, hey, we'll probably make an offer for you, you know, obviously until the heat's off. Mm-hmm. So everyone's watching. The industry's watching. Um, I do feel, though, if they do get this, this deal, this sets them sets them up. I don't think there's really a need for us to be talking about acquisitions anymore at that point. Because then it just becomes, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, they could just keep adding to the developers that they have and just make their studios even bigger, make Compulsion bigger. Uh, Compulsion uh, picked up the Gears of uh, War uh, developer, mm-hmm. uh, I think, for uh, something. So, the, you know, those, those studios are growing and becoming. Uh, uh, you know, bigger and just keep them growing. You know, if you have an exile and that comes out and that's a huge hit and uh, here we are, now we have another IP, another freaking IP that's just, you know, hitting it off uh, and another AAA studio. They, you know, they're at that point, there'll be 31 studios and multiple global publishing deals and multiple deals with, you know, like, uh, contracts with certain affinity and stuff like that so at that point they're they're gonna start to make their onslaught you know that's you know when i do believe that they're just gonna start to focus on that and uh you know if you have a series s and you can in 2023 offer all you know all the games that they're supposed to offer uh i do think that you know you'll you'll get a lot back in the console market and you make a lot of a lot of moves and, and in the cloud I, I think that they're going to be at the forefront and i do feel mm-hmm. that sony now finally has their has their plan in place and i feel a little bit better about that i, I do feel they were on their heels for a while like what should we do and now it's obvious they want to go the route that looks like xbox is going more with you know live services gas you know everyone they said they hate the gas games now i bet they like them so <laughs> um a lot to come up, but it's, I think the landscape is pretty clear now if, if you really look at it, especially if the deal goes through. Now, just to add on to this, uh, did you guys see what Jeff Keighley uh, said a couple of days ago? That according to him, uh, there's yeah. some big acquisitions on the way. Like He said big deals are in the final stages of negotiations. Now, I don't necessarily think that that's with Xbox because obviously this is going through. I think we're all, for the most part, in agreement that, you know, they're just going to keep quiet. But, uh, you know, it does make me very curious as to, uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. A guy from Kind of Funny, uh, uh, Imran, Imran Khan, uh, I yeah. think it was his name. Um, I remember him saying, I think last year, he was saying, you know, when we found out Final Fantasy was uh final fantasy 16 was going to be like a time exclusive he's like you know there's going to be a lot more deals like this that sony has tied up that haven't been announced so if people are upset about this you know just just wait (laughs) so it's they probably have some other time deals they've been trying to lock up everything so i remember he had a smile on his face and i felt like he was being like you know kind of like congratulatory or like watch out but um What's funny is, is I feel like the the shoe fell for him, and now he's he's crying Monopoly. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, just just think about all the games they were trying to get. They already got Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo. They're probably trying to get Starfield. Anything from Square, Final Fantasy, Forspoken, the new uh, Star Wars, Nice Little Republic remake, all timed exclusive. So they probably got a whole bunch more. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I, so I, I, I don't feel I, no one's crying tears that you know Microsoft's just doing it a different way and going even harder. So. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked to hear um, one of the major Japanese companies merging with another one. That's very common. We saw it with like Square and Enix back in the day. That is now Square Enix. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to hear that someone like Sega merged with Capcom. That that wouldn't shock me. Uh, that that you know we we talk about like the first parties buying up things, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to hear that uh, a, a publisher merges with another one, and you you have like Sega Capcom. Uh, especially since Sega just dropped their um. They they sold off the the rest of their uh, arcade. Yeah, their arcade. Uh, it, it would not shock me to hear that like they they are planning to merge with a with a Capcom or a Konami and like that they they will assume con- the the game development for Konami like that that wouldn't shock me either like if they merged and that's how that's what happened. Um, I would be shocked about people saying like oh Sony's gonna try to get uh, Square or Capcom I'm like. I don't think, first off, it's going to be even harder for them to get it than Microsoft getting Activision just because in their country, because they try to say it's illegal to, which it isn't, mm-hmm. uh, to American company to get it Jap- by a Japanese company. But their own Japanese government is also going to sometimes stop a Japanese company from buying another Japanese company. So it's not even that easy for them. So, But for one, Microsoft's going to try to step in there and I'm sure block... <laughs> that from happening and here's the thing with companies that are big enough with shareholders guess what the shareholders want the highest bidder (laughs) so if a a company's looking to sell they're going to try to sell for the highest money the people that are you know the uh, the executives in the company they're going to get big you know payouts when they sell they're not going to be like yeah we we fit better with sony so we're going to sell to you at a much lower price that's not how that's going to work (laughs) <laughs> but it works for Insomniac because they were in a much smaller company. They were—I don't even think they were like a public traded company, obviously. So, it, whereas Bethesda were and Activision wanted that money. <laughs> yeah, in well, Beth, uh, Bethesda was also a private, a privately held company. Um, oh, they yeah. were they one of the have, largest uh, privately held. Uh, they yeah, owned IP. They were looking for that money too. So yeah, they—they they own. Insomniac, one of, people always say, like, how did Insomniac go for so little? Insomniac owned one IP. Mm-hmm. Well, ma- ma- like, like one notable IP. They owned a bunch of VR IPs. But they, they, they really Sunset only Overdrive owned Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. I don't think they owned Ratchet anything else because I think Sony owned all their IPs. Yes. Ratchet, Sony, <laughs> yeah. Sony is well known for when they form a publishing deal with a company, they always try to retain ownership of the intellectual property. That's why um, they own That's Demon's why Sunset. They own. Yeah, they own uh, they own the IP for Bloodborne, um, and that that's part of the problem with why we haven't seen like a Bloodborne update because they own the IP, but From Software owns the dedicated uh, proprietary engine that it's built on, so they can't just update it themselves because it's not their technology. That's why Demon Souls had to be remade from the ground up in the in the same light because it was also made with that same proprietary technology. Um, well, at this point, they can make a Bloodborne and, and everyone will buy it again. The same game. Yeah. Uh, you know. um, it's, it's, it's crazy that it doesn't have 60 frames per second, but that's actually a sound answer. I didn't know that. It, it, it doesn't because they would have to recontract from software to do it, or they would have to remake the game from the ground up. 
which is honestly likely to happen now that they own Bluepoint. Bluepoint will be making their own thing, but I would not be shocked to hear Bluepoint rolling up another team inside the studio with yeah. Sony's money, because Sony has enough money to roll up another team inside Point, of that. If they, if they make Bloodpoint, if they make a remake of Bloodborne, the way that game like transcends, it, they can make it look unbelievable and be unbelievable popular. Yeah, I, I, I would be jumping at the door celebrating with all my friends. You know, that'd be fantastic if they did that. Right, um, or they do a Bloodborne too. I mean, listen, they have. Sony has a lot of good IPs too. You know they're yeah. very strong too. You know yeah. you look, you look. We talk about Xboxes, but you look, they have a very nice amount of good IPs. Um, it's, it's healthy competition at this point, uh, and Sony's going to be spending a lot of money, I think, on developers and making a lot of games because <clears throat> Xbox is going to be pushing out a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, which is again, it's better for you and I. Now you and I will get more games from, from Sony and Xbox. Because they're having a crazy competition, you know, between each other. So I think in that aspect, it's good for the industry. I don't, you know, I don't think this consolidation talk is the end of the world. It just matters how, how and who buys it. I think the good guys here in Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, uh, and maybe I don't know about Embracer. The bad guys seem to be Embracer, Discord, um, Tencent, you know, stuff like that. Tencent. I wouldn't be too afraid of Embracer. I'm going to straight up say that. Um, Embracer was formerly THQ-AAB. They were a a holding company that owned the original THQ. They changed their name after they acquired, I think, Deep Silver was the first one. They changed the name so the holding company name wasn't confusing with the publisher that was underneath it. Um, They are and have been a gaming company since they were created. And their whole shtick their whole motto is that they don't want to focus on a single or even a few giant triple A projects like we saw EA and Take Two and them do. They're, they're all going in on like how many double A and indie well, style and, and smaller triple A games can we Well, get? yeah, just the other, what, a few months ago, they picked up 3D Realms and uh, the Deep Rock yeah. Galactic devs. Like, these are good studios to have. So even if they are that- small. Yeah, they're all about that. Like Embracer is all about diversifying its portfolio as much as physically possible, and letting the devs do whatever they want. Like we we see Xbox did. I would mm-hmm. not be a like if you hear Embracer's acquired one of your favorite publishers. I would or like not publishers, but studios. You know what I mean. I, I wouldn't be too sad about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're definitely not the bad guys. I, yeah, not, yeah, not I, like Tencent. Not, not yeah. even close. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys, I think I'm going to move over to the next topic. Anything else to add to the FTC thing, or are we good to go? All right, I'll take that as a, as a sign to move on. Um, yeah, so, guys, for the last topic, I mean, we're talking about some PlayStation at the end there. Well, in some other news, PlayStation showed off a few games this past week. A few days ago, there was a state of play dedicated to Gran Turismo 7. As well, new gameplay for Ghostwire Tokyo was displayed on their uh, their YouTube channel. And I gotta say, I, I mean, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, so lots of news out of the Sony camp this past week. What with Bungie and so on, all these games being shown off. MLD Pal, uh, what are some of your impressions of uh, Gran Turismo 7? Is this something that uh, catches your eye at all? Uh well, 
I do I do think it's a step up from Gran Turismo Sport. Seems like they're actually you know putting the, putting like a, the full effort into a into the uh, numerical uh, you know the numerical uh, games, as opposed to GT Sport being more towards the social aspects of it all. So mm-hmm. it does look a step up. I don't think it holds a candle to Forza. Uh, I mean the cars look great, but it's very easy. To, I saw the game. I saw like a, a preview on it. Um, a lot of the track textures. Uh, maybe the forestry it looks a little lacking in my opinion i feel like um being uh what is, i don't know I, I feel like the next forza motorsport is gonna blow it out of the water i don't know like it looks great the simulation aspect looks pretty great obviously the game has been uh, it seen it looks like there's been some improvements but i i think it's i think the fact that it's it's cross-gen um that that it's not fully next gen like what the next forza is going to be i think it's going to be good Better than uh, GT Sport, not as good as GT in its at its peak back in the day. It'll land somewhere in the 80s probably, I'd say, but it'll, it'll be okay. As for uh, Ghostwire, I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Uh, that Tango, they are quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, Xbox developers. Like I love the Evil Within franchise, and this is mm-hmm. like what? Oh, it's building off Evil Within 2. It's, it's uh, what, semi-open world or open world? But it has that sci-fi, no, sci-fi thriller kind of aspect. Not fully horror from what I saw. The gameplay, it looks like a little bit like Dishonored. But either way, all, all this like supernatural kind of powers, which is very intriguing. I mean, uh, I mean, I got to wait till next March to play it. But <laughs> I think it's coming out March, right? Uh, yeah, it should. Yeah, it should if the one-year deal exclusive is correct. Yeah, the way I see it, it'll be like Deathloop where... The game after launch, and like apparently Deathloop had some bad AI at launch, and it has since been patched. I feel like if whatever, well, if it, as long as you wait a year, we'll get we'll get some patches. And we'll get the best version day one on Game Pass. But Tango, they are on top of their game. The game is gorgeous. Attention to detail. Combat looks crazy. Like some some tense moments, uh, especially like the the, the the from what I saw, there was that boss, like like that single woman, the little scary look in there. Like these guys are very, very unique in Xbox, and I'm glad that we have them going forward. Yeah, yeah. Like just to add on to what you're saying, so Gran Turismo Seven. I mean, I thought it looked fine, honestly. Like it looked, uh, you know, I would definitely give it a shot. But I mean, in comparison, just to uh, maybe I have a little bit of bias because I like the Forza series so much. But I don't know. Like even just from the early like little gameplay uh, clips, the alphas uh, footage that we've uh, seen just from, uh, you know, the past year or two that they've been teasing us. I just found that way more compelling than what I've seen out of uh, Gran Turismo 7. Like, I mean, it looks fine, but it doesn't really show off the PlayStation 5 to me. Like, that's just my opinion. So, um, like, it's good that they have the gameplay out there. I think... It comes out in March, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully we get to see more of that. But Ghostwire Tokyo, I got to agree with you, MLD. Um, It releases in late March, and I'd be so tempted to pick it up. But like you said, since I'm just going to be getting it on Game Pass in a year's time, I don't know. I I just, like, I got so much to play as it is. I mean, I could just keep that one on the back burner and just wait till it comes out on Game Pass. But I think what got me because nobody really knew what this game was about or i mean there was like little tidbits about it but i really liked uh window central's uh you know jez he put out an article and he's like this is the ghostbusters game that 
I never knew that I wanted. And I just I just thought that was a good a really good way to sum it up, just the concept, because it's like you're literally like a there's like the soul of like a ghost hunter in you or something. And you're fighting like the 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 population of Tokyo just kind of disappears and there's a mist around the city and you're basically just going around uh, and clearing out shrines and kicking demon and ghost ass. So, like, to me, that just sounds like a pretty cool concept. It's first person. And, I don't know, like, uh, design-wise, graphically, I thought it looked pretty cool, honestly. Um, Centurion Pal, I don't know if you got a chance to check out either Ghostwire Tokyo or, like, the footage from Gran Turismo 7. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I'll at least be honest. Um, I'm not interested in Gran Turismo or Gran Turismo, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I... I prefer Forza. I'm a bigger fan of Forza Horizon and the arcade racer style that they have. Um, Motorsport is about as far down as the simulation I want to go, and I'm not going to do Gran Turismo. But when it comes to Ghostwire Tokyo, oh, my God, that game looks amazing. Um, Definitely, uh, I believe uh, General MLD said something about Dishonored. Uh, Definitely reminds me of Dishonored. A uh, very fun, creative-looking game. Love the the enemy types, um, all the colors, just the general gameplay that they showed. It looks like a very, very interesting experience. Um, I'm going to probably try to hold off on this game as long as I can, but you never know. Compulsion might get the best of me, and if I find that game on sale, I might just have to check it out early on the PS5 and end up double-dipping on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, double dipping. That's true because I know I'm kind of tempted to get it, but I still have a few other. I got an Xbox backlog and I have a PlayStation backlog, so I just might have to wait with that and death. Well, I'm definitely not going to be day one because (laughs) I'm going to be busy with like Horizon Forbidden West or the new Horizon game. That'll take up a a majority of what I'm going to be playing on PlayStation. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Shockley Buddy, I don't know if you saw the footage of, uh, like, either Gran Turismo 7 or Ghostwire Tokyo. Any of them catch your eye? Yeah, just watch the, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, in-depth, like, developer, uh, video. It looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, it sucks that they, uh, only got to that one first. But, yeah, you know, eventually, probably in a year, drop it in Game Pass. But, yeah, it's just great to see, like that they, you know, kind of just got their way into uh, having a Japanese developer with one of the best, you know, legend Shinji Mikami, you know, who founded the uh, Tango Gameworks. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that one looks pretty dope. As far as like GT, um, it's always seemed like a very, because I I bought them in the past, like on the PS2, like, Mm -hmm with three uh gta or gt3 ace back and and in gt4 and they always just come off as like it's very like sterile it's like hey we're this simulation game even though we're not like a super sim game like i racing and a set of corsa but <laughs> um but it's like we're just this like sterile game we don't have damage i think they have damage now i know they didn't in the past Forza kind of like broke that mold um which is nice when you have realistic because you should have you know realistic punishment of like hey if you mess up and you can still 
you know, finish or you, you know, just have, you know, some of that slight scuff, you know, damage, like re- something that's real. Right. Um, but it, that's where Forza came in. Cause you can, you can get it down pretty close to what you'd have in GT as far as like, if you want it to be like, re- feel like, you know, close to a sim cave, kind of like what you can get without going to the professional with like an iRacing game. Um, you get pretty much that and you can scale back. Um, and it, it's just you more user friendly. It's, I mean, if anybody went from like GT four to like Forza Motorsport two, and just like the style that was in the game, the, 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 the store that they had there where you can make your own designs. People were selling like cars that looked like the transformers. Cause that movie had just came out. And they'd sell them like eBay style, like in the marketplace, in the actual game. Um, it just had so much like style to it, um, and I'm, and I'm definitely hyped to see what uh, Turn Ten can do when they actually take their time. Because if you think about it, they've been almost every two years since like Forza One. <laughs> yeah, they've been turning these things out and matching and exceeding GT's quality. Like it's been taking Polyphony Digital to take twice or three times as long sometimes, and not even yet match their quality. <laughs> um, and so they've taken this much time on this game because GT uh, Sport was like a shell of a game that took them like four years from GT Six, um, and uh, G- and uh, the next Forza Motorsport is supposed to be just next-gen only, so they're going to be focusing only on next-gen hardware, so they can spend more of their time on there, and they're taking longer to make the game. So I think, I mean, that's going to be your true, like, who who's really, you know, the top dog as far as, like, I know Forza Motorsport has kind of been taking that crown for a while since, basically since uh, GT4 and the first Forza dropped. <laughs> um mm-hmm. But here, both both developers have all the time in the world. Even in this case, even more time for you know GT Seven, um, and we'll see you know what who comes out on top. But yeah, I'm definitely more hyped for uh, for Forza, Forza Motorsport. Um, but you know, maybe I'll give this one a try. I, got, I obviously have a PS Five. Probably not going to be trying to drop seventy dollars to play a Gran Turismo game. <laughs> But it is funny, though, that this one does not have offline saves, just like GT Sport. Imagine if this was Forza Forza Motorsport 8 that has, hey, you can't save offline. Just just imagine if they were the first ones to do that. Mm -hmm. People would be crying bloody, oh, my God, this is the Xbox One always online. But no, no, no one says a peep about, you know, GT seven being no offline saves for whatever reason, because mm-hmm. because the FIA because they want to block cheaters. Oh, okay. Like who for the what the like point oh 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 one percent of of GT players? Like come on, and the FIA thing is just promotion. It's not like a real license. It's basically something you could just pay and have you know like you'd go through a class not that special it's literally just promotional material mm-hmm. but people always say it's FIA certified it's like you know giant certificate you know on this game that makes it like 
you know, that, you know, this prestigious thing. It's not, it really isn't. Professionals don't go out and play GT <laughs> on their, you know, expensive equipment. They're going to play stuff that's actually a little bit more realistic and actual simulation. <laughs> but no, good points. Good points. Uh, Crusader, any uh, points on this? Like, uh, what do you think of uh, Ghostwire Tokyo? So, Ghostwire Tokyo, I thought looked dope as heck. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wait for it to come on Game Pass. Uh, it is a game that I thought looked really cool, but I would skip it if I had to pay for it. That's just a, you know, there's a lot of games like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I would probably wait for it to go on sale normally uh in this case i'm gonna wait the year for it to hit game pass and that that's just that's that i thought it looked awesome uh gran turismo 7 thought it looked visually stunning i don't care for racing games so i uh, i thought it looked cool uh don't want to play it um it is shocking that i played forza horizon 5 um friends convinced me to try it we played it together for a while and i did enjoy my time mm -hmm. but like i'm not going to be playing the next forza motorsport either um I i'll comment on it looking nice and th again that's about it um they're just not not the games for me um uh I but yeah no the ghostwire tokyo uh looked way cooler than i thought it was going to um i was very lukewarm on that game for a long time uh, looked way cooler than I, than I would have thought it would have. Mm -hmm. I agree with you because, like, as much as I like The Evil Within and, like, Tango Gameworks, uh, what I played of their games, I, I really wasn't sure... <laughs> sorry. I really wasn't sure how to uh, take Ghostwire Tokyo because we hadn't really seen all that much of it since it got announced. Now that we've actually seen some significant gameplay and the developers came out more about the storyline, one it has me pumped. Like I'm really excited for this game. It's just I will wait a year. So that's the thing, right? Because I do have such a backlog. But it looks it it definitely looks pretty impressive. Uh, Gran Turismo Seven, like again, I, like it looks fine. Honestly, it just it doesn't. I don't know what it is. It just it just doesn't thrill me as much as what Ghostwire Tokyo does. Maybe that's just my tastes, guys. Like, I mean, I do enjoy these types of games, but it's just you know, just kind of uh, I don't know. Ghostwire Tokyo just has more of a, like a unique look to it, so I guess that's why I'm drawn to it more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I overall, I mean, like Sony's had some uh, like you know a lot to talk about this past week. Uh, you got Bungie, you got uh, Gran Turismo 7, and even Ghostwire Tokyo, which is, again, made by an Xbox studio, which is pretty interesting. And didn't they also have the review copies go out for um, Forbidden West as well? That happened this week, too, right? Yes, I did see or people talk about that. Everyone had, like, the pictures of their, uh, um, like, their X, their, or their PlayStation with the little icon on it. Mm-hmm. That's right. When does that game come out, actually, now that I think about it? February 18th. Okay. All right. So, but... I only know that because it's four days before Destiny, and it hurt me because I'm going to have to wait to play it because there's no way I'm going to get it done in time. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I still have to play the first Horizon for uh, Forbidden, uh, yeah, Forbidden Dawn, I guess it's called. 
Um, uh, uh, Zero Dawn. Oh, Zero Dawn, my, my mistake. Uh, I do want to play it. I did download it when they gave it away for free, so with the DLC. So I, you know, I am very it, curious about that title. It is my favorite IP that Sony has created since the PlayStation 2. Wow, that's really saying something. Yeah, I I think they did something. The story is super unique. I think they did something really unique with the world that like it because like a lot of their games they they do them very well, but like the the genre of like the zombie games are very large. You know the the genre of uh, like Uncharted is very similar to um, uh, Tomb Raider and stuff like that. The, I I cannot honestly say that there's anything quite like Horizon Zero Dawn. That's what makes me love it. It, it it stands out. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, and again, like, I am very curious to see how it does. Uh, graphically, it looks really nice. Uh, it does have an interesting story. And again, just like the, yeah, the world just looks really cool to explore. And I'm, I'm just very curious about overall, as I'm sure many other people are. Uh, does anybody else have anything to add to this before we sign off? Just no... All right. Uh, okay, guys, I think on that note, we'll uh, start signing out here. And, uh, you know, good stuff tonight, guys. Um, you know, I, I realized there were some uh, technical difficulties there for a little while. But thanks for uh, staying with us. I'll make sure to edit that. Uh, tonight, we did deep dives into the Sony purchase of Bungie, the FTC situation on Microsoft's purchase of Activision Blizzard, and a, a few other things like Sony's state of play. As always, a shout out to everyone that stopped by to listen in and participate in the chat. And if you enjoyed tonight's offerings, then consider showing your support to the channel by leaving a like, subbing to the channel, and sharing this episode out across social media. Uh, now we will go over to the show outros, starting with our guest member for the night, Crusader. Bud, good night tonight. On a, you know, you had a lot of good things to say on a wide variety of things that we discussed uh where can everybody tuning in follow you at uh they can follow me at crusader 3456 on twitter and u slash crusader 3456 on reddit where i am uh now recently made a mod on r slash uh gaming leaks and rumors all right all right well you guys uh know where to follow him then definitely uh you know he's very active on reddit and, and just across social media you should definitely give him a follow he's very insightful uh moving on to the txr regulars uh tim dog and mld had to sign off early but uh their information is just listed in the uh just down below you'll find their information in the description uh shockley buddy eric uh good show tonight where can all these fine people follow you at yeah, as always, uh, at uh, Shock Narrow on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show tonight. Uh, thanks for Crusader stopping by, going over these uh, topics, and uh, hopefully some even more craziness. I'm sure we'll hear in the next few months, as Keely and Jeff Grubb have alluded to. So <laughs> yeah, good show. <laughs> yeah, no doubt there, Eric. Uh, next up, Centurion Pal. Hey, always love your takes on things. Uh, you definitely got a unique look at, or you know, a unique view and a take on, uh, you know, different things throughout the game industry. I always appreciate it. Where can uh, everybody follow you at? Well, thank you, man. It's been another great Sunday. Thank you to the guest for uh, being here. It's always great to chat with you, Crusader. And thank you to the chat that tuned in for the show. 
For those interested in finding me, please find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and of course Twitter. And you can also find me here every Sunday night right here on the TXR podcast with these fine gentlemen. Cool, cool. And to round out the panel, you can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. As well, you can find me on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Good night, folks, and we cannot wait to see